Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Kissing Booth 3? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. Hello. Hello. Recording on a Wednesday night because we couldn't wait to talk about the Kissing Booth three because it came out today. Ready? Yeah, I was I was telling Mike that the one thing I that upsets me about this is that us watching this movie is gonna go to the Netflix stats of like people who watch the Kissing Booth on opening day. <laughs> you know, I like. Know. <laughs> I know, like, the second I got out of work, I was like, gotta start the kissing booth, <laughs> and I was, like, thinking about it all day, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta wait, you know, and so, yeah, um, but I have a lot of feelings about this movie, so, you know. Anybody who's listening who hasn't heard our first episode about the kissing booth, I would, or seen the other movies, I would recommend listening to that episode because these movies are just like something else and <laughs> yeah and we're hilarious in our first episode about it so like if like what aren't you what are you not doing like why are you not doing it you know like you what are you doing listening to this instead <laughs> of listening to the first one that's what I'm saying <laughs> Yeah, so uh, listen to the first one, watch all three movies, but watch them with hatred. Um, yes. You know, like I was thinking, like I was talking to Mike last weekend and I was saying that you and I were so excited to do this movie because we were excited <laughs> yes. how for how bad it was going to be. And he said, well, doesn't that go against what you said about um, liking the like thinking the movie is stupid, but it's like so bad you like it. And it's different because it's not like snakes on a plane where like right right i know the movie's gonna be terrible but i'm probably gonna be entertained it's like this movie is 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 an abomination <laughs> it's like actively bad like it's so it's like, like it, it's like they're trying to make it like worse like you know what i mean <laughs> i'm baffled how three movies like this got put out and so i, I need to watch this train wreck as it happens so anyways <laughs> yeah for sure no i i mean yeah no same here it's just like what is what is happening how is this as popular as it is you know like i don't every person i've talked to about it i mean it's not been a lot but the few people that have seen it are like yeah it's not that great and i'm like i know i don't know why there's three of them but there is it's bad it's it's so bad we have a little mini topic today. You want to talk about our mini topic? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. So it's teen movie tropes that just teen movie tropes, whether or not we like them or not. I think almost all of mine are dislike. So do you want to go first or should I? I think you should go first. Okay. So, um, the quirky manic pixie dream girl, I don't like, um, uh, there is an episode of speechless, the show that I like, uh, where 
there is uh, this girl that the like older brother meets and she's like, she's like, I'm a manic pixie dream girl. That's my personality. And I was like, oh, and like, I know I was like making fun of that trope, but it was so like, like, she's like, I just want to wear flowers in my hair and run around like, and, and dance and spin in circles. Isn't spinning in circles fun? And I'm like, oh no. Oh, this is anyway. Um, it's just a very like overdone trope. And I've met people like in real life who I think like have this ideal that like there's like some women out there that's like their manic pixie dream girl and it's it's weird it's like not it's not viewing a woman as like a person you know I have I have what no I have (laughs) I feel like I have you were like no (laughs) frozen Yeah. yeah, I wasn't like sure if you were like delayed audio or not. I was like, what's going on? I have divergent thoughts about the Manic Pixie Dream Girl because I know what you mean. Like the girl who, like Elle in the kissing booth, who's like into video games. And then she's also really pretty and she's also, you know, like very smart and she's not socially awkward and she's cute, you know. Right. right. But I, I did hear something recently on the radio that made me rethink the manic pixie dream girl and it's that somebody said natalie portman is uh embarrassed about her role in garden state because she is sort of a manic pixie dream girl character and that bothered me because the story is not about her the story is about zach braff's character and how she came into his life at the perfect time and changed his uh trajectory And I think for anyone, like any character, any person in our lives can be like a quote unquote manic pixie person as long as if they're putting us on like a different path. Like if my path in my life is like very depressing and I meet someone new, then they're the perfect person for me at the time. And for a movie to portray somebody as the perfect person for them at the time is not bad, I don't think. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I don't think that's really, I don't think that's really what I meant by Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Do you mean like, like just a girl who's like quirky? I mean like one who doesn't seem like she has any flaws. She's like always tailored perfectly to the like male love interest and like what he's into. Um, I don't know. I, I think that. I don't disagree with you, though. I think that a lot of female characters are put into that category when they aren't necessarily, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Natalie Portman's character in Garden State is a manic pixie dream girl at all. I mean, she's, she's got those, like, sensory issues and, and things like that. Um, One I can think of is, is Claire from Elizabethtown, but I don't think she's a manic pixie dream girl either, you know? Right, because I think in real life, like anybody who comes into your life and like pulls you out of your doldrums is exactly what you need in the moment. So I don't, it doesn't bother me to see that in movies like, Oh, this person's exactly what they needed. Well, that happens in real life. You know what I mean? But I don't think you get what I mean. (laughs) I don't think I do then. Maybe I don't No, It's like a two dimensional female character. That's like, okay, sure. And fun. And like never has any problems or flaws seemingly like it's not it's not about like oh you meet this person when you need them it's like totally about 
this female character being not an actual person. Like she's not written like she's a real three-dimensional character. She's written as if she's like she's like Zoe Deschanel. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. I think SNL had like pretty much exactly it. Yeah. SNL had a sketch about like quirky girls. Uh-huh. And it was like a quirky girls talk show hosted by Zoe Deschanel, but played by one of the cast members, you know? Right. So I get, I totally get what you mean. Yeah. 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 Zoe Deschanel really fits that role a lot. And that's actually kind of one of the, re- like, I don't really have an issue with Zoe Deschanel, but I don't actively seek out her stuff because of that reason, because I feel like she plays a lot of the same character and, it's kind of boring and it's like it's like oh Zoe Deschanel is another quirky cute character that's so unique from how she's so quirky and cute in all her other films like you know what I mean it's just it's like no I'm good thanks though yeah I guess I like I guess I see where you're coming from I like Zoe Deschanel because I think she's very cute and I think she seems like a fun I don't know like her stuff is usually kind of fun and she seems like she has a good sense of humor but her characters all are all very similar um but in 500 days of summer I feel like they kind of like turn this idea on its head because she is quirky and the character like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character thinks she's like perfect and he's like missing all these flaws and i think that that movie is kind of an interesting um juxtaposition to how we view zoe deschanel so it's kind of i know what you mean but at the same time like i feel like they're on to that almost for her but i don't know what i'm saying (laughs) do you know what i mean no yeah no i get it and like that's kind of like, I, I used to like New Girl, and I think at this point in my life, I probably will not watch that show again. Like, not, I won't actively seek it out. because Really? Yeah, I, I don't really like it anymore. I think it's really annoying, and I find, like, and I've watched it recently, like, literally within the past, like, month or so, and I was like, man, I can't stand this show anymore. Like, it just hmm. annoys me, and I, I don't know, it's, it's like it's not just her it's the other characters too it's like after a while i'm like okay you keep fucking up your life and now i'm i'm tired of watching you do it so (laughs) bye (laughs) you know like after like schmidt says like the millionth like borderline sexist thing i'm like cool everyone loves schmidt for some reason you know so just kind of over it yeah i still i still think like new girl is is funny but I know what you mean. I mean, it's the quirky girl, quirky girl trope is, I agree with you. And I think Elle in the kissing booth does kind of fit this, like in a very badly written sort of way. I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you and I kind of don't. Um, I think a lot of the manic pixie dream girl is usually not a main character. Oh, well, no, I guess she is like you think of Zooey Deschanel, whatever. Anyway. So that's my first one. <laughs> um, my <laughs> one of mine is uh, trivializing falling in love and okay. how teen movies. And now, I don't like this trope, but I see it as it can be semi-creative because when you're a teenager, every emotion you feel is stronger. Oh yeah, for than, sure. You know, so like they would say like, "Oh, we're totally in love." 
oh, we're falling in love. And I'm like, you're not falling in love. Your parents are paying all your bills and you're still in school and you don't have to be responsible for anything. You never have to go through any hardship. You're not falling in love. You just like spending time with each other. And right. I feel like teen movies make love seem like it's just a word in those movies. You know, it's not something that you like earn or you like gain as you like are together and you go through things, you know? Right. And I, I think, teen, I mean, like most romantic movies are guilty of this. So it's not just teen movies, but. Oh, so like imagine me and you is not guilty of it at all. <laughs> Yeah, it's a similar. I'm going to leave my entire life behind because of her. <laughs> so stupid. I might mainly I thought of this because of the kissing booth. That's what made me think of it. Because the first, oh yeah, second no, one, Elle yeah. was like, I watched Lee fall madly in love with Rachel, and I'm like, they didn't fall madly in love with each other. They really like each other. They feel they may think they love each other, but as we've seen in the kissing booth three, the first time, like any sort of adversity comes up they abandon each other so you know what i mean it's just it's yeah. like love that you feel as a teenager is is like a shadow of relationship love because everything in your life all the important things in your life are taken care of when you're a teenager right you know so there's anyway well and you're like the like if i look at back at myself as a teenager compared to who i am now i'm a totally different person there's not a shred of teen lauren left you know like i mean my my thoughts my feelings my opinions whatever have um changed and grown significantly based on the life experiences i had and i would never say that as a teenager i was like it's like it's like the little mermaid like <laughs> You know, Ariel's like 16 and she's like, I'm in love with this guy that I've never met. And I'm like, sweetie, come on. You're two different species here. First of all. Like, that's like if I walked on the beach and I found a crab and I was like, oh my God, this is the sexiest crab I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm going to marry him. You know? Which is what my octopus teacher is about. <laughs> that was such a good movie. I love the actual teacher. But I did. I'm just kidding. I'm poking fun at him unfairly because I really like that movie. I just got no, a message really. from my friend Lindsay that said a small severe storm is coming. Did you That's see what that I heard. Morning, I just like, got a bunch of rain over here. Oh, uh -oh. oh. It's on its way. Anyway. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um. Yeah, I think they, I, I totally agree with you that they definitely trivialize love. And that's not and necessarily teen movies. That's all romantic movies or, yeah. you know, like most romantic movies. But yeah. I feel like it's like teen movies are really guilty of it. It like nothing drives me more crazy than when I'm watching a romantic comedy and they're like, I know it's only been two days but I'm in love with him. And I'm like, y'all just met. Lightning. Yeah. Like, yeah. You haven't even heard each other fart yet. Okay. You're not in love with each other. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I agree. I totally agree. What's your next one? My next one is um, the quest to lose virginity. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> such a huge trope and it's and i think it's gotten better as years have gone although not that i'm like watching a lot of teen comedies or teen 
movies or shows or anything, but, um, but like, I like American Pie was like so focused on that, was so focused on them all losing their virginity. And it was like, it, it's just, it's always just done in these ways that makes me like super uncomfortable, you know? And it, it, it's like, I don't like that. And also, it seems to, it seems like insulting to men too, because you're like, they're writing these characters as these like, like two-dimensional men who are only concerned with what like what they can get you know like what if they can have sex or not you know with someone and it's it's like it's just it's not complex or it's not really interesting it doesn't like pull me in it's just like oh okay so these guys like they know what they want and all they want is to go out and get laid and it's just like okay you know so it's it's just very tropey and it's think, not a good trope. It's like a really weird, it creeps me out, actually. It really creeps me out. It's a creepy trope, I think. I think that I slightly disagree with you because I feel like most teenagers, I honestly, and I'm not being hyperbolic, I think 25% of most teenagers' brain is like, what is sex like? I want to know what sex is like. And I feel like if they made a movie, I would like it if they made a movie about females wanting to have sex, which they never, I don't, have they ever done that? Like, can they ever, have they ever made an American Um, Pie movie for teenage females who want to have sex just as much as men do? Or got boys do, I guess? um, I can't think of anything. I was thinking book smart, but I don't think that really... Like that yeah, really that, has it. it seems that that didn't seem quite like a teen sex comedy. It had like mm-hmm. elements of it, like with the the best friend who like thought she was gonna hook up with the girl, but then didn't. But then started hooking up with another girl. But yeah, I think the inaccuracy of the movie is not necessarily that their focus is to have sex, but that women don't also share that desire. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah. bothers me more than anything. But I do agree with you that it is a total trope. Like, like there's a movie called Sex Drive, I believe, where they go on a road trip. One of their friends has, like, a girl waiting on the other side of the country, and they go on a road trip just for him to have sex with her or something. So I feel like I've... Oh, no, I don't think I've seen that one. Um, but, um, yeah, it's... I don't know. It, it's... It's not something I like. I just don't think it's creative. You know, no, I, mean, I, I think it's, I, it's done. not. I think it's not creative to just continually have male stories doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like female stories would come off the wrong way almost, which is really sad since men and women have a lot in common in that area, you know, like. Yeah. So I guess Sex in the City is the closest one, but they're not. <laughs> teenagers they're grown women so (laughs) yeah i though i do think super bad is i would classify super bad as kind of a sex comedy and i think it's very very well done and very good writing very good characters um so i i think american pie is probably the pen like the ultimate example of like a sex comedy that's like really tropey really really tropey yeah um What's that movie you just mentioned? What I just like, super totally bad. Blank. What sex drive? Super bad. Super bad. Yeah. Okay. Um. So you and I have totally differing opinions on on, um, super bad because I hated that movie and I thought it was really fucking stupid. <laughs> I don't know. I I think um <laughs> if you could find me a 
a teen comedy that's written better, I would pay you a lot of money. So would you? Interesting. Yeah. I will search for one. <laughs> You're never gonna How find much money one. What are we talking about here? <laughs> Ten, tens of dollars. <laughs> tens of dollars. Oh boy. The relationships in that movie, like every, like listen, I really love Judd Apatow, so I'm very, very like very into that movie and i think he he has his finger on a pulse that people don't give him credit for and i've seen it in all of his movies this is 40 knocked up super bad um i think that he has a lot of subtlety in his movies that people don't appreciate because they're marketed in a way that is maybe slightly different than how you actually watch them but i think that super bad is a very deep very deep movie with a lot of superficial comedy but i think that it's it's a very well done relationship movie and i think that it very very wisely speaks to just being a teenager and growing up and having a best friend and life and graduating from high school and social issues around all that that movie (laughs) i can tell you if i own it or not Oh, because you have that app. (laughs) There's a I can I can see lightning and hear thunder. It's about to rain. Okay, it looks like I don't have it anymore. I must have sold it. Have you ever seen This Is Forty or Knocked Up? I've seen Knocked Up, and I will never watch that movie again because thank you for the super graphic scene that freaked me the fuck out. Like no, mm -mm, no, nope, never again. Oh, I just heard the thunder too. There's thunder. Yeah. 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 Anyway, thunder, okay. Feel the thunder, lightning, and the thunder. <laughs> <laughs> all, Mike was know. singing a thong, song, a thong. Mike was singing a song about thunder too. <laughs> the thong, the new thing. Mike is here. Mike is here because we had thunderstorms last night that knocked his power out. So, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. no, that's a good one. I think that's a good one. All I'm saying is. I wish I think it's a bad trope just because it 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 shows men so differently than women and I wish that there was an equal amount of sex comedies for women that didn't make because I feel like women get a bad rap when they want to have sex when really in real life every person wants you know like we're all just people you know who want to have sex yeah, like having so, a sex drive is like super normal for everyone right. regardless yeah. of what gender you are you know like yeah so um so anyway it's a good one i wish that they portrayed more teen women in the same way but that would be nice that would be nice anyway what's your next one my next one is that teenage girls nobody knows teenage girls are hot until they are in a bikini at a pool party (laughs) what about i thought that you were gonna do the one where they like like wear their hair down and like suddenly they don't have glasses and they're like (laughs) it's the same it's just like like a teenage girl forever in in teen comedies or teen movies are walking through the halls and everybody thinks they're dowdy but then they see them at a pool party or a beach party in a bikini and they suddenly realize they have a nice body yeah oh yeah did you ever see not another teen movie with chris evans i did yes yeah (laughs) there's like that one scene where they like give the girl like a makeover uh Chyler Lee or Kyler Lee or whatever the fucker that actress's name is and I, her, I think her character's name is Lainey something but I don't remember her last name um 
and this like jock sees her with like out the like hair up in a bun and like without the glasses and he goes laney so-and-so is hot <laughs> i always exactly always think of that scene whenever i think of that trope yes so spot on that like they're like what so-and-so is attractive underneath those glasses that's so yeah. normally I, I was not prepared for this <laughs> Normally I just see them wearing <laughs> Yeah. Normally I just see them wearing pants and shirts, but now that I see them in a bathing suit, they're very hot. It's pouring rain outside. It's definitely pouring rain, yeah. Yeah. Thunder, lightning, the whole business. So mine are you done talking about that one? Yeah. Okay. The the peer pressure to do drugs in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, in my personal experience, I have never in my life experienced peer pressure to do drugs. Either people are like, hey, do you want to do drugs? And I'm like, no, thanks. And they're like, that's cool. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, but like for some reason in movies, they're like, what are you, a loser? You don't want to do this line of cocaine, you fucking loser? Like, why don't you stick this syringe in your arm, you stupid fucking loser? Like, it's just like, it's like you know what you know what's gonna happen to someone who offers someone drugs and the person says no the person offering them drugs goes great more drugs for me i love it thank you you know like it's like it's <laughs> there was like this whole fear going on like a couple of years ago where people like parents of like kids going out on halloween were worried that <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> they were worried <laughs> They were worried that people were going to give, like, their edibles away. And it oh, was like, yeah. someone, like, someone responded to this whole thing and they are like, trust me, you no one is the giving their edibles away to your children. <laughs> like, like, people pay money for that. Yeah, they're not going to give it. They're not cheap. Edibles are not cheap. Like, it's <laughs> like, you know, like, so they're like, yeah, wrapping and, like, they're giving away their little edibles. Like, oh, I hope that little Timmy gets super high tonight from this edible, you know? Like what? I mean, no one is gonna be putting their precious drugs on here. Yeah, and edibles like, don't come like edibles don't come individually wrapped, do they? Like they come in I'm like I'm sure that they do. I'm sure that they do if they're like hard candies. Such a um, a lot of like effort for I know. It's yeah. It, it's just like <laughs> I don't know. It's so funny that people are like, my children might start liking marijuana. Oh, no. <laughs> like, little Timmy's going to be fine. Okay. Yeah, that's Wanda, a, let's calm down here. Like, let's, you know. That's a really good one. Like, only in the movies is the peer pressure that intense for doing drugs. Like, I know. That's if, really good. I think, well, and I think that, like, I think that people are thinking, like, of peer pressure in, like, if you're maybe in, like, a crack den, you know, and everyone <laughs> around you is, like, super high, and they're, like, you're the only sober one you should get stoned to, like, then sure, I could see peer pressure or drugs, but, like, at a party, people are going to be, like, non, nah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, you go just go hang out with other people, yeah. Yeah, like... <laughs> I've had more peer pressure, peer pressure, quote unquote, to drink alcohol than I ever had with drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and the alcohol peer pressure makes sense because alcohol is, is quite a bit cheaper and more oh, accessible yeah. than drugs. And like being drunk is kind of fun when you're like drunk with a bunch of other people, you know, but like, yeah, no, th that's a really good one. That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Do you have another one? 
Um, yes, I do. What is that? It is okay. My last one is the pervy best friends, like the male's best friends or the females, I guess, but less often. The male's best friend is always like a mega pervert, like yeah. a sex fiend. That is that's a good that's a good trope. And it's like and it happens like all the time. Um and like even in again, imagine me and you, the best friend of uh of Hector or whatever was like a total fucking pervert creep you know yeah did you ever see she's all that yeah well paul walker was like what's his name sarah michelle miss mr sarah michelle geller's best friend oh, freddie prince jr <laughs> freddie prince jr yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i figure she's the most famous one of the couple so oh she definitely is yeah. i actually read somewhere that people aren't hiring Freddie Prince Jr. because he's like too affable and it's not believable enough that he could be a bad guy. Yeah. Well, you, his last name is Prince. So Prince. Prince. Yeah. Like Kevin, um, Kevin Cosner dances yeah. with wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just like all those things. No, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I told you that story. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I thought you were just finding ways to bring up Kevin Cosner. <laughs> No, I can do that naturally. What a man, what a man, what a man, what a man. So Freddie Prince, so Paul Walker is Freddie Prince Jr.'s best friend. And eventually he tries to like assault Rachel. What's her name? Oh, yeah. And then she like has the horn and she like blows it at him. And then he's like deaf later. Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, because he's just a Rachel scumbag. Lee Rachel Lee Cook. As everybody yeah. in that movie, but Paul, all the good, apparently all the like baby faces in Hollywood have three names Sarah Michelle Geller, Freddie Prince Jr., Daniel Day Lewis, Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yep. Daniel Day Lewis was not in that movie. But if he had been, maybe it would have done better. But um, anyway. <laughs> No, the reason we're talking about Daniel Day-Lewis is because I just finally watched The Ballad of Jack and Rose, and we talked about it already because I couldn't wait till today to talk about it. Yeah. And I've never, and this is the first Daniel Day-Lewis movie I've ever seen, so. I can't believe that's the first one you've ever seen. He's he's a I know, great and actor. What a, what a movie to start out on, too, right? Yeah, if you, if you want to, like, if you want to mess up your entire evening, you should watch that very you're gonna need crazy a movie. cleanser after yeah it will it will leave you feeling all sorts of interesting weird kind of gross feelings so <laughs> yeah but anyway and yeah he tries to like assault rachel lee cook and you know he's just a terrible friend and and then did you ever see the movie she's out of my league it's not necessarily a teen movie but they're definitely young adults and the best no, friend i know in that it's movie. with um alice eve right is it Alice Eve and Jay Jay Baruchel? Yeah, yep. yeah. And the guy who plays um, HUD in Cloverfield is the best friend, and he oh T.J. Miller. Yeah, T.J. Miller, and he obviously has. I actually think she's out of my league. It's a pretty good movie. I think it's it's decent. But um, the best friend is a, such a trope, you know. It's such a like male friend trope. Being like, you no, know it's another another instance of that. Jason Alexander in um, Pretty Woman. 
Oh yeah, yes, yep. yes, exactly. Yep. He tries to attack Julia Roberts. I was thinking of mm-hmm. Jason Lee in Vanilla Sky. <laughs> no, Jason Lee was actually yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, Brian Shelby. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it's just the perfect best friend. That's my thing. That's a good. That's one. not my There's thing, a- but I mean that's my third. One. <laughs> that's my thing. I just like to be a pervert. So I just like yeah. the pervy best friends. Yeah, <laughs> those are those are my those are the only kind of men I date. Are the pervy best friends. If yeah. you don't have a best friend and you're not a pervert, it's not gonna work out. <laughs> if you don't have a better looking and more likable best friend, it's not gonna work out. That's yeah, what, that's yeah. what it would be. Exactly, it was my exactly. thing. Yeah, I like it. That's a good one. So, are you ready to talk about this movie? Because I am. <laughs> I am ready to talk about this movie. Okay, all right. So, what did you think of The Kissing Booth 3? The end to our saga. What a terrible trilogy. I This movie was as expected. I was actually, we've talked about this, I was nervous that I could like it. Yeah, me too. Because <laughs> I thought there are some things they could do that may turn the ship around. But... I'm so glad they're consistent and I'm so glad they didn't do those things because this movie is awful as expected. Yeah. My fears did my worst fears did not come true is that (laughs) the movie would actually end up being okay. Uh, It did not end up being okay. It was, it was just as awful as the first two and just as terrible of a message and just as convoluted and just as pointless. And it was just as bad if if they ha- if i had to give it a rating i would give it just as that's what i would say about it just, like, as? just as i expected just as what did you think i loved it no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> you, for one second you had me for one second i should have kept it going um <clears throat> i no i i thought it was better than the first two but like just barely better you know what i mean I don't know what you mean, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess I would say I liked it better than the first two, but again, just barely. Like, it was the last 15 minutes. I actually, I had um, a pillow in my hand, and I started to, like, shake it roughly because I was like, when is this going to (laughs) end? I felt the same way. I actually felt the same way. Like, Uh, it, it... it had like an like a natural ending i thought and then it continued on for like another 20 minutes yeah and i was like this would have been the perfect point to end it it was like a david fincher movie (laughs) it was like like it was it had this like natural ending and then it like kind of continued on and i was like of course that we have to know like i the ending annoyed the shit out of me and like it just is it's it's just like it's just such a movie like it's just such a movie ending like not everything works out perfectly you know like ross shouldn't or rachel shouldn't have gotten off the plane to go and see ross when she's going to paris you know what the fuck is up with you rachel like ross is the worst choice out of all the friends he's the worst one okay i always wanted rachel to end up with joey just as an aside it's like a a whole yeah i don't yeah that's why i wanted that like i didn't just make it up like i wanted them to actually that's really i mean i yeah truly one of a kind (laughs) i don't know (laughs) no i'm not i told you i didn't just make it up anyway 
keep going. I agree with you. Yeah, it, it's it, it was just I don't know. It was too much of like a perfect Hollywood ending, and I was like, I was kind of like, you know, things don't work out this way. Like that's well, not. I wrote down a ton of notes though. Look at I this. thought. I think it just honestly just looks like a white screen. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, you wrote down a ton of notes. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> wink. <laughs> I think that this movie, what the problem was, they wrote a perfect love story between her and Lee, but yeah. they didn't want it to be like, I think they being the filmmakers and the writers had this like moment like this lightning moment of like insight where they're like we don't want this movie to be tropey so we can't have her and lee end up together so what we're gonna do is we're gonna write the most perfect basic love story that could just be a hit but then we're gonna have them be with other people that's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be how we make it unique but they didn't make the other people special enough to make me not want Elle and Lee to just be together. Totally. Because if you know, I was in Rachel's shoes, I either have like a horrible like complex, like I'm, I have like Rachel an inferiority complex. Booth, not Rachel from Friends. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. Rachel from the kissing booth. Uh -huh. I either have like a terrible inferiority complex and I'm okay with my man, like basically being in love with another woman for our whole lives and relationships and prioritizing another woman above me in a way that is unnatural because I think like him and Elle were friends for so long that him prioritizing Elle some of the time sort of makes sense, but he prioritized yeah. her way too much, you know, like, yeah. like, yeah. like if Elle was a guy friend, he wouldn't, I don't like, he, I don't think he would spend that much time with a guy friend. You know what I mean? So it's very weird. No. And so no, I go on. No, I was just saying <laughs> oh, okay. like, it's just uh, in, like unhealthy relationship. I like how you said go on. And then I was like, no, you go on. But then I went on. Anyways. <laughs> it's okay. So go that's, how we, that's how we roll. Yeah. Almost a hundred episodes, baby. <laughs> that's how we roll. <laughs> um, I actually found myself really rooting for Alan Lee together, even though I knew the entire movie that they weren't going to. Didn't, did um, you tell me? Because earlier today, you said you accidentally typed in looking for photos oh, and you saw yes. a spoiler. Okay, so thankfully it wasn't a spoiler, but what oh, happened good. is I was searching for the kissing booth so I could update the Instagram. And it was like, I was like, kissing booth three and then pregnancy popped up and i was like oh geez no i swear to god if someone is pregnant in this movie like this is like this is gonna be so much worse if someone is pregnant in this movie and i was getting so like worried Whoa. about it because i was like what did it really there was mega lightning bolts across the sky just now sorry keep going yes okay. pregnancy yes yeah and so when i i was very relieved that there was no pregnancy um storyline because it, it didn't it, it felt like unless it was rachel i feel like it wouldn't have fit in the story like if it was honestly with rachel ugh. what parents would allow their two kids with both their their girlfriends to stay alone at a beach house all summer if that was but like i can't even imagine like i said to mike my parents were stricter than most parents but i still can't imagine most parents 
being like, yeah, you can go ahead and stay at the sex pad beach house with your boyfriend with no supervision right before you leave for college and your whole life starts. Do it. Go ahead. You know, like, no, yeah. that would never happen. I don't care if my kid calls me all the names in the book. I would never allow that just because I'm like, listen, 10 years from now, are you going to regret this beach house adventure? Are you, gonna, you know what I mean? Like, I just... right. No, obviously you can use condoms and stuff. That's not the issue. The issue is they're teenagers and they make stupid decisions. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, for so. sure, for sure. Um, so I, I, as I said, I wrote down a bunch of notes. And so the first thing that I wrote down because I knew that this was going to happen because it happened in the first one and maybe in the second one, but the whole like uh, montage of all the things that they did, I was like. Oh my God, Elle, no one cares. Like, this is so fucking boring. It's like three minutes long and it's like every single thing. She's like, we went on a raft and then we did this and then we went to the boat in the ocean and then we swam in the ocean and then we saw an octopus and it was really great. And then we went out for dinner and we ate the octopus that we saw. And I was like, oh my God. Did I watch the wrong I movie? Care. I didn't see them eat any octopus. <laughs> they didn't. I made that no, up. No, I'm just, but... um, no, I, when she said, when, so when they were cleaning out the beach house and they opened up the secret compartment and she said, oh my gosh, it's still there. And Lee said, the Mario lunchbox. I thought that like the writing was so terrible because most people would say like, oh, our time capsule or something. But instead he just said what it was. Like he could have said the bookshelf built into the wall, like <laughs> the, for how like pointless it was and then when they pulled out the bucket list that they supposedly made as children i wanted them oh to be God. like oh wow the interns on set for the kissing booth three made us a great bucket list because it was like perfect <laughs> like perfectly written block letters it really artistically done and it was it was nothing like what they would have write write as oh, children no. you know no it would have been like 13 pages long and each bucket list there had only been like three bucket list items on each page because kids write huge and like and it'd be like incomprehensible because kids are their kids and there was like little clip art next to some of the options like win a pie eating contest with like a slice of pie and yeah. like swim with sharks with like a shark head and i was like these kids are they're missing their calling in life if they're this artistically talented you know, know. It's so pointless and stupid and um, also, I also said that the biggest, the thing that made me most angry about the Kissing Booth 3, more angry than anything else in the movie, is that his, their parents would even think about selling a house with oceanfront property. Yeah, well, they don't, but I was like, <laughs> that scene where Molly Ringwald is like, I'm not selling. I was like, oh my God, you spent the entire two hours talking about you're going to sell this damn house and you're not going to sell it. <laughs> I was like, just like, Ugh. if you had a house with oceanfront property, wouldn't you sell it? Cause okay. I can hand it to them that maybe they were being bullied by a condo, like a condo complex, but they didn't say that at the dinner. They said at the dinner that it was getting too hard to keep it up and nobody would be there and so on and so forth. And then later in the movie, they're like, all these houses are being torn down for condos. And I was like, well, you kind of buried the lead on that if that's why you're selling it. But it yeah. didn't sound like they were selling it for that reason. And that's what made me angry because if I was in their shoes... I would sell the main house and live in the beach house. Right. And yeah, that's I mean, the biggest tragedy is that they didn't think of that until she gave him that stupid photo. That's when Molly Ringwald decided to keep the house. Like that's was the deciding factor. 
I know. I, I, it, it drove me crazy because I was like, you just spent literally months like working through this, getting all the paperwork done. You're getting like, like people to come over and like, wh what was it that they were like looking at the property to see if it could be built on or so it was something like that. I don't know. It was like, you know, like the looking at the land, like, <laughs> I mean, all this, like all this work. And then she's like, um, actually I think I'm just going to keep it. Thanks guys. It's been so nice. No, really. I insist you keep your mints. Thank you. I don't need water. That's fine. Thank you. Yep. I'm going to go mm -hmm. like, and it's just like, what, what, what you didn't like, like there wasn't any second thoughts where she's like, she's like, honey, husband, who I think is suddenly British in this film. And I had not noticed that he was British in the other films. But then again, I also <laughs> did not remember what he looked like. But like the parents, <laughs> the parents are like, so ineffectual in this movie that they could just be peanuts parents. Like, <laughs> rah, 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 rah. like that's how youthful they are in the whole movie. <laughs> I know I the wrote whole trilogy, down, I should say. <laughs> I wrote down, has Leah Noah's dad been British this entire time? <laughs> <laughs> I think I feel like we talked about their accents, or maybe Mike brought up their accents in the first movie. I don't know, but yeah. The well, I don't I didn't remember what the dad looked like. Remember I said that he could have like had a pic like a cutout picture of like <laughs> Ryan Gosling and just like yes. like cut out the mouth and like I would have been like I don't even no, I don't yeah. even like it was just so unremarkable but then in this movie he's like he's like British for some reason or British-ish or whatever and like just like what I'm like what is the dad been I'm like has he been here the whole time I just noticed <laughs> him come in you know also like their reasons for selling the beach house were so ridiculous because they're like, well, our kids are going to college. No one's going to be there. And I'm like, well, don't you usually go? I guess in California, you go to a beach house anytime. But like they still get summer breaks. Yeah. Well, like I, not none of it that. made sense except as a it was just a vehicle for these two couples to like have couple problems at a different yeah. location than their homes. You yeah. Know? Like yeah. they probably didn't want to pay Molly Ringwald to be in all kinds of scenes so they had to contrive a reason for them to not have parents for most of the movie so the whole thing was just ridiculous and yeah no it, it dad was seems bizarre like mike said her dad looked like he could play a villain in a movie more <laughs> than like a dad <laughs> Wait, wait, Al's dad could play the Al's villain? dad, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I know. Anytime he would like have like an emotional moment, I was like, please don't, sir. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. You can leave that on the table at home. Okay. <laughs> like it was just like it was like he didn't change his expression, just like like he always had like one eye like slightly closed more than the other one. And I was like, that's I think that's just how his face works. Like he doesn't actually like express himself. Um, but he like <laughs> I didn't I didn't really like that actor from the beginning anyway because I thought he was just so unremarkable and so but like especially in this movie like he had kind of these like a couple like emotional moments with Elle and I was like I don't want this <laughs> like please take this back this is no, not they, what I ordered thank you they tried to shoehorn like um heartfelt moments between them in multiple times in the movies like when she was wearing like her prom dress and she like came down the stairs and he was like oh what my daughter <laughs> is a female and then like yeah. in this movie when they had like a heart-to-heart -heart because she like was a total bitch to linda <laughs> yeah. 
poor Linda. Linda was nothing but a sweet woman through the entire movie. I felt so bad for her. I, I like, don't. Well, what I didn't understand, number one, was why Elle was so pissed off. Like her mom has. Her mom passed away, they said, six years ago. So in Elle's mind, she's just like, my dad can never be in another relationship. And I would understand that if it was like the first year that the mother had died. Right. But like after a certain amount of time, you're like, and she's, and Elle is an adult now, you know, she's about 18. So she should like, she's not like the stupid kid in Sleepless in Seattle. Who's like, I want my dad to have sex. Like she's like an adult who understands. My dad needs a wife. Yeah. She (laughs) understands the need for like companionship and partnership and falling in love because she has Noah, the abusive boyfriend. She has Marco who, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So the hot I, dude that yeah. every time he came on screen, I was like, oh, Marco. Well, he's like. Sweet caramel angel. <laughs> um, like Mike said, he looked like the Formula One driver, Daniel Ricardo. So look him up. And they do look a lot alike. And I said, she should definitely date Marco because he's going to get that Formula One money someday. You know what I mean? Like millions what's of his, dollars. What's the, what's the da- name? Daniel Ricardo one second a young version so like if they made a movie about daniel ricardo marco could play the young version of him like when he was early on racing oh yeah i could see that yeah i could see that yeah he also kind of um he also kind of looks like um sasha baron cohen the Daniel Ricardo, not Marco. Oh, okay. Maybe, yeah. I can kind of, I think I can yeah. kind of not, No, that. not Marco. Marco not Marco, yeah. yeah. Um, so Elle should understand the need for, like, a partnership, like, a relationship. Like, you know, her dad is probably lonely, like, and Elle just, like, throws this, like, hissy fit. Like, she throw, she has, like, such a fuss about her dad dating a woman, and I don't, like, there's no... The movie trilogy does not establish a relationship between her and her dad very much at all. So there's no basis for her being so angry. Also, she was like super gung-ho to go to the beach house for the summer. And then she gets pissy when like Linda steps up and starts taking some responsibilities. It's like, well, Elle, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Like, you wanted to spend the summer with your boyfriend at the beach house you can't get mad when like things change at your house you know right and she's like talking about how stressed and like overwhelmed she is about all the shit that she has to do and then linda's like oh hey i cooked your little brother dinner and she's like what i'm just gonna drink this spoiled milk i mean eat it (laughs) (laughs) like that's First a troll that scene. The she spoiled was like, oh milk. My God, this is old. I was like, don't swallow it. Spit <laughs> it out. It's like old spoiled milk, you fucking idiot. Like, come on. It was like, she was like, and she has this look at her. Like, I was like, how sick do you, you might get sick? For, oh my God, I can't. I cannot. It was like, it was like that was not even necessary to have as part of the plot they could have like cut that whole like spoiled milk thing out and it wouldn't have made a difference no it was it was superfluous yeah yeah it was stupid um (laughs) i didn't even think about the fact that she didn't spit it out but that's she just was like she's like everything's fine the spoiled (laughs) what i was gonna say was that the spoiled milk trope is is something that's overdone as well which i've seen in multiple things like how do you know someone's not taking care of their household? Oh, the milk is spoiled. You know, like, 
and uh, anyway yeah so poor linda like i guess if i was dating someone with a bitch daughter like al i probably wouldn't stick around <laughs> um well you have to remember the reason she probably did stick around is because she was friends with the mob yeah, yeah i guess which i like that's kind of a weird like i think that storyline to throw it in in this kind of movie is very weird because there's like no emotional background for any of the adults and the children except molly ringwald's character sort of right but the rest of it is like <laughs> your dad i wish she would have been like yeah your dad and i wanted to date but we had to wait for your mom to kick the bucket <laughs> like she took so long to die i was like finally (laughs) but then we waited the appropriate six years as everyone does and then we decided to start dating (laughs) i have to tell you that in the wedding singer in the wedding singer adam sandler's like the the woman that he's supposed to marry at the beginning of the movie but she like abandons him at the altar her name is linda and every time I hear the, the name Linda in movies, I think of this scene where a little boy in the wedding singer goes, hey, Linda. And she, she gets this like warm look on her face and she's like, hey. And he goes, you're a bitch. <laughs> that's always <laughs> what I think of. <laughs> you're a so that's bitch. Every time they called Linda, like every time they talked about Linda in the movie, that's what flashed through my head was the little kid. <laughs> anyway (laughs) oh that's funny I like that um so I wanted to say something before um so like within the first like 10 minutes or something there's like a scene between Lee and Rachel and I don't even like really remember what happened but there's a look that she gave him and I was like she's gonna break up with him really fucking right yeah I was like it was like within the like first 10-15 minutes and I immediately I was like she's gonna break up with him and I was, was uh, it, oh, was it when he was like, he had a calendar where he's like, this is yeah, what yeah. we're going to do to make sure that we yeah. can keep our relationship strong when we're both at, on separate ends of the country or whatever. Yep. Yep. And she, uh, she was like, okay. <laughs> and like, he feel like that look and I, I knew, I knew right away that she was, it was not going to work out. Well, everyone in this out. movie, everyone, that's a really good observation. Cause I, that did not occur to me. But it just occurred to me that everyone in this movie is just going, like, they're just going to schools that they can name drop. Like, she's going to Rhode Island School of Design, which she did, like, we never saw any art from her, ever. No. We, we never saw any, any inclination. either? No. We never yeah. saw any inclination that Rachel was into art, but she somehow got into this very competitive art school. And we never saw any inclination that Elle was even remotely fit for an Ivy League school, but she got into Harvard. And is Berkeley an Ivy League school? I'm not sure. I think so. But she also got into Berkeley. And then, like, Lee, well, we already talked about Noah, who, like, skipped a month of his senior year and somehow, and was in fights all the time and somehow got into Harvard. But, like, it seems like... But the la- he's changed because the oh, last yes. movie showed us that that he he doesn't use violence to express himself anymore. <laughs> <laughs> himself, himself, yeah. Except he still like abandons her. We can get to that. But they all go to schools that they can just name drop. Like it's right. like, it's it's as if the person who made this movie is 
as I said before, it feels like somebody who was probably in like eighth grade who just knows a few few very famous schools and just plunked them in and like they don't know what it really like what a person who goes to any of these schools would really look like it's just like yeah these, these people can get in to these right. major right. schools yeah. like like just at least show like all they had to do was show rachel like draw like they what they could have done was been like oh here's my sketchbook of the summer and it shows like art that rachel has drawn and that would have yeah. just done like wonders to enrich her poor character like as it is i just feel sorry for her because she's in a relationship with somebody who is in love with another girl or in a relationship with somebody who had a summer fling with ashton who disappeared in the middle of the movie and we never heard from him again wait ashton you know that berkeley boy that was like him and him and lee were like obsessed with each other for (laughs) yeah that's right oh that's right he does he i thought I thought that Ashton was, I honestly, 100%, I'm not being hyperbolic. I thought there was going to be a scene where Ashton tried to kiss Lee and Lee had to tell him that he was straight because their relationship was so weird. But then in the middle of the movie, Ashton was like beamed back to his home planet and never <laughs> like showed up again. I have no idea what happened to him. I kind of thought that they were going to do that with Rachel because I noticed that she was less and less in the movie and I was like, are they just going to pretend like she no longer exists at some point? Like, I was expecting that to happen and, and like, you know, I would be like, where's Rachel? And, he, and he's like, who's Rachel? Oh my God, Rachel. Yeah, no. Um, She drowned. <laughs> I didn't want to tell you this, but she died. <laughs> she died. <laughs> Oh, I so <laughs> so sad. Yeah, it's really tragic. Anyway, what's up with you? <laughs> yeah. What's up? Yeah, it's the relationships in this movie are so messed up. And anyway, that's a good observation that you thought she was going to break up with him because I did not think that. I that didn't I was cross so my sure. mind, but I was so sure. I like and I, I thought the symbolism of Lee putting the fake diamond doorknob on Rachel's finger was like <laughs> fake diamond doorknob. So, fake diamond doorknob. That's what I wrote. On Rachel's finger was like two on the nose. I was like, oh, I wonder if they're going to end up together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Everything in this like, movie is. Well, that's the problem. They tried to make a unique movie with like very, very, very terrible side characters. Like, I think in the hands of somebody better these side love stories with like the two best friends not getting together could have maybe been believable but it did not work in this one especially since it was just like terribly abusive yeah well and and rachel had like there's nothing to her you know like there's like she was I loved Rachel, but I also think I was like, maybe I'm just a little bit attracted to Rachel instead of actually liking her as a character because yeah, every she time doesn't... she came on the screen, I was like, she's so perfect. She's such a little angel. I love her so much. And then I was like, you know, she doesn't really actually have anything to her. I'm like, maybe you just think that she's just pretty. And I'm like, well, okay, you're probably right, me. So anyway, <laughs> just know. like Lee, you're, you're, you're going to abandon her for other more interesting people. I, uh, I, maybe you liked her unwavering loyalty in the face of like her boyfriend. No, I think that's stupid. I think that if you shouldn't have unwavering loyalty when your, uh, your boyfriend forgets to tell you that they're going to be the ghostbusters for Halloween instead of marshmallows or whatever the fuck they were. Um, <laughs> I forgot I mean, about that. <laughs> 
I just, like, I don't know. Like, the, he spent the whole summer doing that stupid bucket list with Elle. And what did Rachel do that whole time at somebody else's beach house while like, her boyfriend was off down. with I was like, Elle? I, I was like, they have this whole bucket list that neither Noah or Rachel are participating in. Like, you don't think that they would like that? Because, they well, like cliff diving. Well, that's you know? in my head. I was thinking that same thing. Like, if I had all these, like, fun activities, what would enhance my fun would be bringing my partner along with me. Like, I'd be like, oh, Lauren and I are planning on going cliff diving. Do you want to come? I wouldn't be like, all right, let's just go do all these things without our sick. Like, what's yeah. the point of your, if you don't, if there's somebody else in the world that you consistently want to spend time with outside of your partner, then maybe like rethink. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. And I, there was like one, there's something that Lee said, which now of course I'm blanking on it. It was something that he said that made me think that maybe him and Elle were going to end up together. But I was like, I don't have that high of hopes for this movie. Cause I don't think it's that good. So, you know, it's, but it was just like, I don't know. I, so one of the other things I wrote down is the lack of communication between Ella, L and Noah um, yes. about Chloe and Marco like <laughs> the fact that the fact that Noah was like oh hey Chloe come and stay at the beach house and he never spoke to um Elle about it it's like if I was Elle I would be like we had an issue with Chloe like not that long ago buddy do you remember that because I sure do so maybe she shouldn't stay here because that's not a good idea but then you know and then I I kind of actually felt for Noah in this movie surprisingly because she's like hanging out with Marco and everything and if I were Noah I would feel super like I would be very upset that Elle's hanging out with Marco when they had kissed not only like it wasn't even like an like an intimate like kiss where they were alone. It was like in front of fucking thousands of people. So it's like, it's, you know, and he's like, I'm upset that you're seeing no. And she's like, or, or I'm upset that you're seeing Marco. Or you're hanging out with him. And she's like, we're just friends. They'd be like, I don't care that you're just friends. I trust you. I don't trust him, you know, but I mean, he and he even said like, She's like, well, you invited Chloe. And he's like, I didn't kiss Chloe. And I was like, and I, it was funny because when I was watching that, I was like, I was like, but you kissed Marco. (laughs) I was like yelling that at the screen because I mean, I, as, as much as I don't like Noah, he has a point, you know, she did kiss Marco. I could see why he would not want him dying around. And I mean, also Marco is gorgeous. He's a little caramel angel. (laughs) Well, and Marco is like a decent person and like listens to her and like validates her feelings. And, but I actually like, I think when you're surrounded by decent people and you're a total asshole, like, I mean, I get it. It is threatening. Yes. That's a good way of putting it. Super threatening. I have to say that I don't like that. Like one of the first things that Marco did though, is try and get into like the, july 4th celebrations or whatever and he like called tuppen i was like oh that's who he called i thought he was like gonna bring another girl along but then that never panned out so i didn't know who he called he called the sexual harasser tuppen and i wanted to put that guy (laughs) i i've since day one wanted to put that guy in an early grave because he's disgusting and i (laughs) like i i 
hate Noah, but I hate Tuppen more, <laughs> you know, like, it's like, Noah's not a great guy, but there's that little, like, little piece of me that just hates Tuppen a little bit more, you know, like, at least Noah, like, asks for consent, Tuppen just fucking goes and grabs it, it's like, you know, <laughs> fucking hate Tuppen. <laughs> I think, I think, to go back to your point, I think they were both it was a problem that both of them were confiding in other people um, yes. because I think Chloe was a relatively new friendship. So, okay, let's get on, let's get on board with the fact that Lee and Elle are platonic friends because they've been friends for a very, very long time. Even though I think that that's impossible for the two of them, let's just say, let's suspend disbelief lee and l are platonic friends she can go to lee and tell him her relationship problems because they're platonic friends because they've been friends for so long chloe and noah do not have that longevity so i think it was equally shitty for him to oh i totally agree i totally agree like have those intimate conversations with her and then they had that like weird mirroring scene where they were both like hey come here and they both like got hugs like her from marco and he gave a hug to chloe you know and like i don't i don't think i believe in a friendship like noah and chloe's in the movies they may i think i think the movie tries to make it seem like see men and women can just be friends with each other like that and i'm like i i don't i don't think so i think I'd be more on board with Lee and Elle having a platonic friendship because it's so long. And even then there's like inherent problems that we've discussed, which I, you know, obviously like pain points that we can't ignore. But if, if my partner was like, here's my friend that my female friend that I just made a year ago and I'm going to divulge all my relationship secrets to her, I'd be like very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. And if I had, likewise, if I was like, here's my male friend who I just met a year ago and who kissed me and now I'm going to have these intimate conversations with like, that should be like, there's alarm bells, you know, like, so I, again, as I said in the first episode that we did, could have been avoided if they just made Chloe gay. You know? Sure. Like, yeah. Just anything to make it like here's this like really hot British woman who like also I think it's really weird that she like calls him and she's like, Yeah, I'm gonna come stay with you, right? Can I come stay with you? And he's like, Yeah, sure. And then she's on this like giant, beautiful boat, but because her parents are fighting, which is a totally pointless storyline, it's only there to have this like heart to heart on the beach where Noah like gives her a hug so they can have that like juxtaposition between both of them seeking comfort from other people. Right. And it's just this ridiculous storyline and these convoluted plot lines that are like, see in the modern age, men and women can be friends. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of on the when Harry met Sally train where I'm like, I don't know if men and women can be friends like that um, unless your friendship is well established or, you know what I mean? Like you can be friends, but like intimate conversation like that about your partner seems like really like a very off limits sort of gray area. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I had, I had a, a straight male friend. I mean, I've had a couple, but we're very much like, listen, love you but I'm not attracted to you I don't want to date you and we've both been like equally saying that to each other and it's like that's great because oh that just startled the hell out of me 
Bear's little food dish just um I, I got an automatic food dish for him because I was sick of him waking me up at four in the morning with his adorable annoying little meow what happened <laughs> the light went out the light went out and then it came back on but um, it <laughs> it's it uh it just made a noise because it's 10 o'clock so I have it like you know and it just oh sure I was like and I was like what is that <laughs> so it's it a was, ghost it's very scary <laughs> is Mike still there Mike, are you still here? I'm not. He's not still here. He went home. He went, <laughs> there oh, okay. There's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Um, so, yeah, I think that I think it's one thing to have a male friend or a female friend. But what the difference is, because I have like friends who are male, but I think it's it's like almost it feels to me like a breach of trust to talk about my relationship to them right yeah i, I mean, think I, if i had relationship advice that i needed i would go to my female friends or in Elle's case she could go to lee because their friendship is so long established right. but like a brand new friendship where there's obviously like something weird where your your partner has been jealous of them that's the thing that's the key if your partner has been jealous yeah. of them then you cannot cross that line with them anymore that's yeah. you just can't it doesn't matter if it's in the past it if you're if it has caused problems in your relationship then you have to draw the line you cannot share secrets and intimate details with this person. You can be friends with them. You can be buddies with them. You can do whatever, like go to play pool with them, but you can't have heart to hearts with them because it's a breach of trust for your partner who has had jealousy issues with that person. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I think you can have heart to hearts with them, but I, I think about your relationship. I agree. Yes. I think that that, that's, that's a good a point. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially as like what you said, you're right. That is the key. Someone who has affected your relationship with this other person or with this person, um, you can't, you can't bring that relationship back into your friendship Yeah, that everything's going to go smoothly because it's, it's not fair to your partner. No. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like, like it's, but also it's like, how many other problems is this going to cause? And is this worth it? You know, like, yeah, like you have to, that's a, that's a great question. Is it yeah. worth it? Like, oh, Elle had jealousy issues about Chloe in the past. So maybe I should keep boundaries around Chloe. Like, Right. That's the key. Like, how much do you respect your partner? She had problems with Chloe in the past, so respect her and don't tell Chloe issues about your relationship. Tell your other friends. Right. Except, does Noah have other friends? Like, I was never actually just—it's so funny that you were saying that because I was just thinking. I was like, does he even have another friend other than Chloe? Um, but I do have to say, just kind of to play off that. I noticed that in this, in this one, um, that Elle had a lot of like, kind of like girlfriends moments between these other women. Oh, and they were like, geez. no established, like sort of relate, like, like her and Rachel maybe having like girlfriend moments is okay because they have known each other since like the beginning and they've kind of always been friends, you know, and they're both in love with the same boy, even though, <laughs> right, yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, but like her and like Chloe having like a little like girlfriend moment. I was like, I don't, I don't believe this. This is, Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I said when that scene happened that this movie is like trying to masquerade itself as like a female empowerment movie with Chloe yes. saying like, I know, I think you're a brilliant woman when the whole time she's, 
having intimate conversations with this woman's boyfriend when this woman has had jealousy issues over Chloe. Like, Chloe, have some respect for this woman you think is brilliant and don't, like, do these things with her. Don't have intimate conversations with her boyfriend. Like, that's rule number one if you think she's a brilliant woman. Like, and Ella's just as guilty. Like, Noah had issues with Marco, so don't have intimate conversations with Marco. You oh know? yeah, no, I totally, I totally agree with that. And I, I, as I said, I think that I think L is maybe a little bit more guilty of that because her and Marco did have a history. But it, it was yeah, just that's like, true. Yeah. Just the the lack of communication on both ends. It, it's just again, it's just a lack of communication. Everyone has a lack of communication. If Ella just been up front, like. And the thing is, like, the whole movie, I'm going, like, Elle's only making these decisions on what she wants to do based on these guys that are in her life. And then she, like, finally was, like, I have to make a decision for myself because I'm my own woman. And I was, like, oh, I'm so glad you finally got some fucking autonomy, Elle. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, (laughs) like, I mean, it's, like, her entire personality is wrapped up in these two guys and I'm like, okay, first of all, like, if your personality is wrapped up with Lee, at least you're interesting. But your personality being wrapped up with Noah, that's just sad because he sucks. Well, I think, like, Noah, as we've discussed, I think the danger in these movies is that young girls specifically could watch these movies and think that Noah is a partner to strive yeah. for. Yeah. And that's yeah. super dangerous because in the previous two movies he's established himself as like abusive in in ways like like um very forceful and controlling and he flies off the handle and in this movie and in the other movies he gets pissy because marco punches him in the face and he abandons them he abandons her for who knows how long and i think like that's like that's childish behavior like that's not and then every time every apology in this movie was like a song and dance like he couldn't just come up to her and say look i acted really foolishly i'm really sorry i acted so pissy instead he like plays a song on the jukebox and give her gives her a rose or like lights all these candles and has his dinner planned and it's like just that seems to me like abusive like an abusive partner where he's like i'm sorry baby i'll never do it again here's this really romantic thing you know, like for 24 hours, we'll be doing okay again until I get jealous or angry again, you know, like just apologize in a normal human way and then move on, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Like, um, like there, the scene where, um, he lights all those candles and he does like the dinner for her and everything. I was like, okay, that's sweet. But then she's like, dude, I have plans. I can't do this tonight. And he's like, I made dinner for you. And I was like, you didn't ask her if it was okay, if she was free. Like, and you're getting mad because she had plans already. Like, I was like, Noah, you have absolutely no right to get angry at your girlfriend who was like, oh, by the way, I have a life outside of you. And he's like, what? A life outside of me and my candles and this food that I made. And I sat at the, stood at the stove and I made it for you, for you, the only person in my life. Um, It's just like, Noah, like it's, this isn't the end of the world, you know, but also like you go, oh shit, you're so right. I should have asked you first and I didn't. I fucked up. We can do this later. 
because I love you and I want to spend time with you. But no, instead it's like, well, it's your fault, Elle, that I did this. And now, you know, um, you can't, you know, sit and have dinner with me. And I was just like, fucking fuck off, Noah. Honestly, like just... (laughs) Well, I think what you said about no one communicates with each other hits the nail on the head because like all of them could have just coordinated their schedules in some way and then they could have finished the bucket list and they could have had quality time with their partners. But like we talked about earlier, like why couldn't Noah just come with her to this flash mob thing? Because seemingly everyone who was in the restaurant just got this like digital download into their brains about how to do the flash mob anyway so couldn't he have just gotten that same like microchip implant that gave them the instructions like why couldn't he be a part of any of that i think that they were all friends and everything that planned it i don't think it was just like a bunch of random strangers but how do you like we never saw any build up to them practicing these dance moves no because like I mean, me and you are friends and i could say hey let's go to dinner next week but would you know how to do this dance that i no, was planning no, on doing no so that's what i'm I getting know. i know what you mean you're right that they were all friends like there was like high school like people from their high school like the omgs and right. tuppence or tupper tupperware what was his name tuppen tuppen and tupperware. you know and marco was there randomly like marco just shows up like he's like well, Marco What's his name? Was, like, Bill Murray and what about Bob? Hmm? I, I, Marco was part of it and I didn't understand why Marco was part of the flash mob, but she didn't ask Noah to be part of it. Well, another thing though, like when they had that like um, Mario Kart race scene and Marco Which came I out. I have to admit was kind of adorable. <laughs> yeah, Mike, Mike thought it was pretty fun too. And I it like it was fun. It was definitely fun. And Mike said something like that he was actually kind of enjoying it because it's creative you know it it was creative yeah and um (laughs) and uh the thing that the thing that bothered me was the scene before that l was like okay noah i want you to be part of this thing when we go to the water park and noah was like no way i'm not wearing a costume no way i'm not wearing a costume so noah established himself as just like the shittiest most annoying character who like can't let loose for one second no and then mm-hmm. marco well, wait, you, if if he lets loose for one second then he he uh loses his cool card didn't you yeah, know that I, yeah apparently yeah like what, what girl would want to be loose, with him once you dress up in a costume you might as well throw away all your leather jackets because you're <laughs> a loser yes exactly yes and so then marco somehow knew that no or i think she told him that no wasn't gonna do it yeah and so marco steps up like a champ like a stud and he dresses up for her for you know to make this uh, thing work and like like an asshole noah gets jealous but he already established that he didn't want to do it so you can't like you cannot be mad when somebody does something that you deemed yourself too cool for just a moment before you know, know. like you lose like it's like beyonce said 
you know, if you like it, then you should have put a Wario costume on. That's yeah, that's exactly what she said. <laughs> I think those were the exact lyrics <laughs> yeah. of Single Ladies. So, yeah, so like, it was spot on. Like, yeah. So no, good for I, Marco. I and I really wanted, like, if she wasn't going to end up with Lee, which I really actually wanted, I, I wanted did, her yeah. to end up with Marco because at least Marco was a decent, nice person who listened to her and, like, took her feelings into account and wasn't yeah. afraid of dressing and- like Wario, which, oh, geez, I'm sure he's going to get a lot of women in his life, even though he dressed like Wario one time. Like, yeah, can sing and play guitar. So as far as I'm concerned and teen <laughs> movies are concerned, he's perfect so (laughs) i mean like noah's like a humorless twat and humorless twats don't usually get the girl at the end of the movie do they they don't they do if they have a third nipple (laughs) (laughs) it's his nubbin it's nubbin chandler (laughs) yes doesn't he say that doesn't he say oh no it's not that it tells the future it makes him funny yeah it makes him funny yeah yeah Yeah. okay what was I thinking? Tells the future. Whatever. Anyway, you maybe you were thinking of uh, Mean Girls when her her boobs tell the future or tell the weather. My, my boobs can tell the future. It's it's raining outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, man, I don't know. It just it just really bugged me. And then all of a sudden, Noah and Chloe were both in the race. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I would be it, pissed if, if I was Al. I'd be like. like he's being such like a steroidal like freak about marco like even winning and then he like like i mean he's like running him literally off the track and i was like i was like can we like can we calm down here for a second like your your girlfriend spent all this time putting together this thing that is frankly pretty awesome i mean i'm not gonna lie it's pretty fucking cool like if someone was like hey do you want to dress up in a costume and do this thing? I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. That sounds hilarious. Like, and I don't care because it's like, it's, I don't like, it's fun, you know, but Noah's just got to just stick up his ass. It's like, it's like, he can't, the thing is that I don't think Noah can ever really authentically be himself. Cause he's always trying to be just a stoic, like, you know, like closed off individual, you know? And it's not cute. It's not cute. Like, they always try to make, they're trying to make him like too cool for school all the time, but still also like, oh, look, he's a good boyfriend because he apologizes every time he acts like a piss baby. And, and then to make like, baby. he, so he gets so jealous that he joins the race. And like you said, he shoved Marco off and, and Mike pointed out like Marco's go-kart went through two stacks of baled hay like the baled hay is supposed to be there to like stop you from doing that but he went through both of them and mike was like so i guess the hay doesn't work but (laughs) and then marco was like trying to shake his hand and he like noah won't even shake his hand and noah's noah's pissed at l because marco's there but the whole time noah's head is like chloe parrot on his shoulder like she joined the race she was sitting in the the stands with him and to get back to something that I was meaning to talk about when you mentioned it, he said to Al when, like, after he invited Chloe, he said, oh, so I was going to ask you, uh, Chloe called and I told her she could come stay with us. And at the time I was like, where's the question? And then he said, is that okay with you? And it's like, you already told her it was okay that yeah, she could stay. So what is Elle supposed to say at this point? Well, and, and how dare totally you get mad at Al? Like, yeah, she- like... 
you can't get mad annoyed too she was like oh yeah that's no it's all in the past it's totally cool I would have been like excuse me no like you did not ask me no it's not cool because you didn't ask me like just fucking communicate with me Noah like also like you you know like you know the issues we've had with this woman in the past so can't you just like see her casually a couple times while she's in town and then let that be it why does she have to stay in the same house like even if i'm the coolest girlfriend ever and it truly was all in the past like you should just like it should just be in your head like you know what chloe caused problems for this relationship that's really important to me so i think i'm gonna keep these boundaries around chloe but instead he's like Come on, Chloe, let's play pool. Let's do all this stuff together. And then I'm going to get pissed at Elle for doing the same thing with Marco. Like, who cares if her and Marco kissed? Like, I think it's the same. Like, it's the same sort of thing. Like, if it causes problems with the person you're with and you're still like, well, I want this person in my life, then I think that's just as bad as, like, not, yeah. you know, kissing yeah, you or can't, not. What they said, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, and, and it this whole movie is just it's just so frustrating with shit like that because it's like they care about each other but i'm like but do you because i don't i don't feel that like i don't really feel like any real love between them other than the fact that they like think each other is hot so it's you know what i mean there's like there's really no like deep you know, emotional connection that they have. It's not like, you know, they were, I don't know, sitting at the Hollywood sign and they were having some deep moment instead. It's, you know, like, let me bring you to my sound of music, uh, sex gazebo and like, and this will be our spot or whatever. And oh, by the way, so, um, when she, when Al was like, oh, I know where Noah is. And she goes up to the Hollywood sign. I immediately was like, but where's the sound of music sex gazebo? I thought that was your spot. <laughs> and then they showed it like later. And I was yeah. like, thank God, I was going to be like, what's the point of even watching this movie? if I don't have my sex gazebo, like, and right. <laughs> <laughs> like there is I just I always think whatever I think I told you there's like a, a part in Bob's Burgers where someone's talking to this guy and he's like um I don't really believe in walls I live in a uh a what is it a like an upgraded gazebo with my improv group like I just kept thinking of that like I was just like uh you know and I don't know and I can't help but wonder, and this is just my own like little curiosity, is how easy it is it to get up to that Hollywood sign? Because I was under the impression that it was either like really like it was difficult to get up there, like you had to hike, or it was like a type of thing where you can only go go if you had like a tour or something. You know what I mean? I was under the exact same impression. Number one, I think you're right that it is a hike. Like obviously it's up high, so I think it is probably a hike or you probably have to drive some of the way and then hike. And then number two, I thought it was closed off because of like vandalism and stuff. Like they wanted to, cause you know, like people are, well, there was like, there was an actress that killed herself too, that jumped off one of the signs and killed herself. One of the oh, letters. So. That too. Yeah. That I was guess like, that's probably a reason why it's also closed off. Cause that was like the forties. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. like, I assume that any monument that's important to people, other people will try to like be shitty and mess it up. So they just have to like close it off because like, you know, one rotten apple ruins the bunch, you know, like yeah, yeah. somebody is like, like 
there's this funny thing that I've noticed uh, that actually I, I've been meaning to tell Mike and I keep forgetting, but like I go to his house during the week and there's this like train bridge and it'll have fresh graffiti on the train bridge. And then like two days later, I'll be at his house and I'll be driving home and there's like a fresh coat of like gray paint over it. So it's just <laughs> this constant battle between graffiti artists and the people trying to keep the graffiti covered. Right. <laughs> what do you say? I didn't Mike just that. said I, I live in a fucking slum. No, he lives he lives in a nice place. It's just this one train bridge that out of in the middle of like this, you know, the country where like people like graffiti artists have just like they go there and they pepper it with like bad looking graffiti because some graffiti is pretty good looking, but this is just like oh, really yeah. amateur stuff. And yeah, like when you said graffiti later. artist, I was like, graffiti artist? Are you <laughs> sure about that? <laughs> like, because guess what? I can yeah, also hold a vandalism. spray can. I can also hold a spray can, but that doesn't make me a fucking graffiti artist. <laughs> Mike said it's either it's graffiti or gra- vandalism. And I said, yeah, it's yeah. vandalism. And he said, it's yeah, it's vandal- very different. They're so. a vandalism artist. Yeah. There you go. But it's a constant battle that I've noticed. And it like it makes me chuckle when I see the fresh it can, and like the gray paint doesn't quite match the gray of the right. cement, so you can tell that they've like blocked it off again. So, anyway, <laughs> so I assume that the Hollywood sign is closed off because of people like that, and like obviously like tragedies, and just because oh, how can you make money on the Hollywood sign if you can't charge people to take a tour to get close to it? You know what I mean? Like yeah, everything can I mean, be monetized. I know the ghost bros went up and, and they uh, did a gross, a gross growing of uh, the Hollywood sign. And it was uh, an interesting episode. They, they got quite a bit of like um, information or whatever, ghostly, you know, but um, <laughs> the ghost, I, what, it was, I think it was Aaron. And I think he was like screaming like 50% of the time. He's just oh like, I could hear something and he'd be like, ah, 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 you know, and I'm like, just dude someone just touched my butt bro <laughs> like every, i like how they're like bro the hollywood sign is haunted bro <laughs> bro did you hear this the hollywood sign is is totally haunted <laughs> i don't know what that accent was but it was good it was like a <sighs> california accent but anyway it's my surf accent it's like totally it's like what even is life bro like you know it's just like it's just one like surfing accident after another i don't know <laughs> I was trying to go there. Was, I don't know. I don't know. It was like, it's all right. So, you know, you know what? Listen, it's I think both. If anything on this episode is uncreative or below our normal standard, it's because of the kissing booth. It is. It's 100%. We are not at fault because we're perfect no. angelic beings and everything we do is amazing and wonderful. Right? So, is that right, Mike? Right? Yes. What do you say? Yes. He said, yes. Was it? <laughs> yes. Um, something that really didn't make sense to me is how, well, something that really annoys me in the movie, in all three movies, is how, like, m- like, they, like, it's like they have mental problems because they, like, reference the rules oh just by God. number. And that really bothers me. It's like, what about rule 37? And the, the other one just knows what rule 37 is. Like, me and my friend, like, my friend Amanda and I, and maybe this, I don't know if this is embarrassing or not, but when we were freshmen in college, well, I was a freshman. She, was, she had been in college already for a year. 
we tried to make a secret language, which I know is weird for 19, 18 and 19 year olds, but we tried to make a secret language and it worked for the 10 minutes that we were trying to make it. And then we never remembered like so all Elvish and Klingon wasn't working for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and we didn't remember all the rules. Like I can remember some of the rules that we established, but it's, it's like almost impossible, you know, but they remember the friendship rules as if they study them. And oh, I, yeah. it's like, that's, it's so impossible to me. It's like beyond futile to think of that. They would remember like rule number 18 is like celebrate your bestie successes or whatever. Like, None of that makes sense in the real world. And I hate that they were like, well, remember rule number five? Don't forget rule number 14 and 32. And I'm like, no, nobody yeah. talks like that. And nobody can get a girlfriend talking like that. And somehow he managed it, which doesn't make any sense to me. The most patient woman in the world. And, <laughs> and then anyway, so what bothered me was how, just how mad he got that she didn't want to go to school with him after they've like, when your friend starts dating someone, it's kind of like in your head that that relationship is probably going to take priority a lot of the time. Also, your friend is becoming an adult and they have to make their own decisions. So I understand being like slightly, dis like being disappointed, maybe not even slightly, oh, yeah. like being disappointed and being slightly jealous. But in your head, you're just like, you know what? We're growing up, but you'll be friends forever, probably, unless you actively do something to destroy that which i don't think they would so your friendship is going to stand the test of time probably but you have to give them space to like appreciate like a relationship a romantic relationship is always going to take a different place in their life than a friendship you know like yeah for sure and the fact that they didn't understand that about each other was so weird like he was so upset like he has a girlfriend why does he need Elle so badly? Like, you're, fr you're going to be friends, like I said. You're still going to be friends forever. You have a tight friendship. You've established a base of a very good friendship. And if you're not weirdly going to date each other, you have a girlfriend, so he should be satisfied with his girlfriend. But he's like, he's so fussy about the fact that she's not going to Berkeley and that he's going to miss her. And he's like so mad at her. And then none of that makes sense to me. Well, and also, like, he's had time to deal with this, the, fa the reality that she's likely not going to, you know, go to Berkeley with him. And to me, I, I don't know. It's like, I, I understand being upset, like, for sure. But I agree that I think it's like, to me, it seemed like an overreaction because he's already had so much time to, like, comprehend this and whatever um, and, like, work through it emotionally. But it, instead, it was like it, it was almost like it was a brand new, fresh, you know, like wound. Like this is his first time ever hearing of this. And he's like, what? You know, you're not going to Berkeley with me. But it's also like it's also like at the same like at the same time, I get that this is what you guys wanted to do forever. But things change like people grow and they, you know, and they grow apart or they decide that they're suddenly going to become a video game you know, artists, even though there's no such mention in the first two movies whatsoever of it at any point in time. Like, I'm pretty sure that that was never mentioned other than the fact that she like Dance Dance Revolution or whatever it was called. In Dance there. Dance Machine, I believe is what it's called. <laughs> DDM. Yeah. <laughs> Dance Dance. Um, 
there, there was um there was this game called like flash flash revolution and you play it on your computer and it was like with the up and down keys and uh and it, it was called ffr and so my sister was playing with it and i was like what is this called finger finger revolution <laughs> and she's like what no <laughs> i was like i feel like that's a legitimate hack question yeah I mean, you play you with know? your fingers yeah 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 um but yeah it, i don't it's know so silly. I it's... that was kind of weird too like I was telling Mike that I have had in my past like moments of jealousy when friends are like choosing their significant others over hanging out with me, but I still logically knew in my head that it like kind of made sense, you know, like, right. A, like a romantic relationship is different than a friendship, like, you know, and, and I don't know why he needed Elle so badly. Like, I understand that he didn't want to grow apart and he wanted them to be friends forever. That makes sense. But I don't know why he needed her so badly. Like, their lives were full apart from each other. And having each other was just making, like, made the, the full of their life, like, that much better. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of friends don't last through high school, but they lasted, you know? So you have each other. Be happy that you have each other and be happy that... I mean, you have somebody else that should be more important than her. Like, Rachel should be more important than Elle, and Rachel was never more important than Elle, but the movie made it seem like that was okay, and that's also, I think, sort of dangerous. Like, and and Noah should have been more important than Lee, but he never was, even though Noah's a bad character. Or maybe more important. I, I think more important or important in a different way, I think, right. interchangeably, I mean, I think- like... I think relationships, regardless of whether or not they're romantic, are still important and, and you Big know, they time. should be oh, given. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, like, I, I, um, I just have to say, I think that him, Lee being so caught up and Elle being part of his life, I think would have been a great aspect if they ended up together, you know? Like, that would make sense. Yes. I, shit, I had another thing to say. Oh, I had a, I had, I, I read something on like Reddit or something. It was like a, am I the asshole post? And, um, and this woman was like, this woman was like, am I the asshole? Because every time I have plans with my friend, I end up ditching her for my husband. And I was like, yes, like your friendship is still important. Like I get that it's your, your husband and you want to spend time with him, but you're like, Hey, you know, girlfriend, let's go out and have like drinks on a, on a Friday night or whatever. And then your husband's suddenly like, oh, well, I want to do this instead. So you're going to ditch your friend. Like, that's just a shitty thing to do. And it's, and it, that's it just reminded me of what you were saying is that. Yeah. It's like, no, it's like, I think there, yes. there has to be a balance, of course. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Lee and, and Al's relationship is important, but if no, if Lee, or I mean, if Al values her relationship with Noah then she needs to be you know I mean yeah you're right there needs to be a balance and in this movie it's like lack of communication lack of a balance there's like this weird thing where they're like spending all like Lee and Al are spending all this time together but now with their significant others like you know it's like yeah I just and like fucking like what were they like not base diving um skydiving like oh yeah yeah where do they like where do they get all this money from to go skydiving, to go diving with sharks? Lee's parents are super That's true. rich. Yeah, they own oceanfront property that they're yeah. like casually going to get rid of. But 
Um, you make a good point because uh, I really wanted a cut scene of like, well, honestly, at the beginning of the movie in the voiceover, Elle was like, I watched Rachel and Noah become friends and Lee watched Rachel and Noah become friends. And I thought, are Rachel and Noah going to like cheat on the other two with each other? And I would have totally oh God, accepted, I would have <laughs> accepted a cut scene where Noah and Rachel, like they walk in on Noah and Rachel, like getting it on because they're abandoned the whole summer and they were yeah. never asked along to anything like, oh, I, I thought I was an important person in your life, but you didn't even ask me to do any of these events. And so, yeah, I wanted to see them, like, hooking up. And then they end up together. And then Lee and Al could, I don't know. But I just, it's just so ridiculous. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And it, it's just, like, it just doesn't make you care about these characters because they just keep doing this dumb shit. And then... And and I really hate that there's like the LGBTQ thing just shoved in there again, you know. Was like there it, in this one? I didn't even know that. Besides Ashton, very, I thought the was, Ashton thing was gonna be like a love story, but <laughs> no, it was like a split second where um, Elle's saying goodbye and she hugs that couple that like became the couple in um, the second one. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember the one that's Jeez. like, I'm suddenly gay and I'm gonna tell you everything about myself, and you're like, what? Where did this guy come from? Who even is he? Yeah, yeah. they put the they put the gay storyline in just about as haphazardly as they put the female empowerment storyline yeah, in between Chloe and her yeah seriously like it's it's just not it's not a good series it's not they're not likable characters and you know I want to like Ellen Lee and I guess I kind of do but when they don't communicate with each other and they just keep making these dumb decisions and at some point I'm just like I don't like you're not making me root for you like I don't you know what I mean like I'm I'm yeah, no, I totally agree. And also something I noticed is that Lee and Noah have this same like manipulation tactic where they just like act act like you've killed their dog every time you do something. Every time Elle does something, both of them just pout like little yeah, babies. Like they just like pout until she has to like until like everything is always on her shoulders. Like she's always at fault for all this stuff and she always has to like you know, like it's always like, oh, I've been doing this wrong, or I, my priorities are all wrong. And I'm like, maybe they're like, maybe their weird British dad and Molly Ringwald are just bad parents because they both play the same like manipulative tactics when they don't get what they want. Like Lee didn't get what he wanted, so he like pouts in the what the rumpus room, and the rumpus then room. Noah doesn't get what he wants, so he like pouts, and then he has to apologize, and then he pouts, and he apologizes, and and. It, it's just it's just it's so dumb and bad i mean i guess you could say that that's good writing because it's consistent through family lines that the uh characters are just just manipulative in relationships i don't know but i i don't know i i would say that it's kind of a stretch to call it good writing no, it is. i was i was being sarcastic <laughs> yeah um yeah i i i think that lee is is slightly better and i think that his um, issues with Elle are a little bit more legitimate than Noah when all of Noah's are like just maybe fucking talk to your girlfriend yeah know. like a yeah. crazy idea I know but um but yeah I agree with you like that is the whole like 
oh, I didn't get my way and I'm going to just be a little bitch about it until, you know, like you apologize, even though it was my fault. Like it's not an attractive quality in anyone, in a partner, in a friendship, in a child, in a parent. It's, it's not an attractive quality because this person cannot take responsibility for their actions and therefore you're always at fault. And it's like, and that is an abuse tactic. It's 100% abuse tactic. You know, when someone is like refusing to take responsibility for their actions. And so you feel like you have to take responsibility, even though you're the one that like, you know, this is not your fault. And, and it's, it's like what you said earlier, writing these kind of movies and, and books and stuff like, you know, um, Twilight and Fifty Shades of Grey and they have these horrible abusive leading male characters that I'm supposed to be rooting for but I'm like mm, no no mm -mm, no also like 100% I have to tell you this but I want you to cut this out and Mike I'm sorry that you're gonna hear this too but <laughs> <laughs> he's excited <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was talking to Emily and I was like I was like dude if I was Bella and Edward had left me in the second book I'm like I would have totally started fucking Jacob like right away <laughs> I was like he's like I was like he's a babe I would have had a hard time like I would have been like okay 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 you came up to my room shirtless and you were hugging me right now and you are muscly as hell I'd be like mm, what happened to you I'm like forget my skinny ass vampire boyfriend he ditched me I'm like let's go hang out or whatever well, you know? like no I think you make a good point because it's like these movies make it seem like you have to keep a candle for these people who treat you really shitty and yeah. people who treat you good are like schmucks. It's like, it's like nice guys finish last, but taken to like extremes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And well, and the nice guy, the thing is about the nice guys finish last is I think that it's been now warped into like a neck beard type of thing, you know? <laughs> you know well, like, you know, like, like, do you get what I mean? No, I'm, I know neck beards, but I, I'm not sure like what, well, like, so a nice guy is usually, like, Ross from Friends is a nice guy because he seems like he's decent, but then you kind of get to know him better and you go, okay, this guy's a little bit of a dick. He's actually pretty manipulative. He's, like, he has this level or, like, idea of perfection that, like, no woman can, like, like um, stand up to because it's like again like a manic pixie dream girl type of situation you know you have like this dream ideal person and or you know or it's like these dudes and they're like I only want to date women that look like supermodels and it's like um <laughs> sweetie <laughs> like okay <laughs> like good luck with that dream because it ain't ever gonna happen like it's just it, it's just like the nice guy is like, I'm nice to you because I think that I'm going to get something from you. But the second I realize that I'm not going to get this thing from you, I'm a dick. That's what a nice guy is. That's a neck beard? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of considered like in the same category. Oh. Neck, neck beard and incel are kind of like, they're kind of like the same thing. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I never thought, I never thought that a nice guy was the same thing as like an incel yeah yeah the nice guy term has now been is it's not Can't keep up it, yeah it's not it's not a nice guy anymore nice guy's term is like not is not a good thing no more mr nice guy nope <laughs>
Well, yeah, no, I th I think that these movies, because I I think that Twilight, Fifty Shades of Grey, The Kissing Booth, all portray this man that when a girl is like 11 years old, she thinks is what a boyfriend should be maybe like, Oh, he'll fight for me and he'll be obsessed with me and he'll, but then you get older and you realize like, no, I don't want to date someone shitty. I want to date someone who like listens to me and enjoys my company and takes my feelings into account and is like a real yeah. person and not like a volatile mental head case who you know like abandons me when he has a fuss fit you know what i mean like yeah like at the moment so like you said like when edward left bella she should have hooked up <laughs> <laughs> she should have hooked up with uh taylor swift's ex-boyfriend what's his name jacob and then when <laughs> i bet he loves being known as <laughs> taylor swift's ex-boyfriend <laughs> um and when noah leaves l she should never have taken him back or she well i guess she didn't for like six years or whatever but like every time he abandons her she should just be like what i'm sick of this i'm dating someone yeah. else like wouldn't it be exhausting to to be in a relationship with somebody who like rides off on his motorcycle and like no one changed my diaper i'm gonna ride my motorcycle off into the sunset like that would be exhausting by my tricycle <laughs> yeah he would be like the uh, like 98 percent of the emotional energy in your relationship would just be spent on keeping him happy like when when exhausting. wario when um marco <laughs> wario, <laughs> when, wario <laughs> when marco won the race as Wario, right? <laughs> As Wario. Um, when Marco won the race, there was a scene where there was a shot of Elle, and you could tell on her face, like if this was a serious movie, it would be a sad, it was a sad scene, but it would be legitimately sad, like intentionally sad, because you're like, oh, she now has to mend fences and apologize for something that somebody else did. Like you could tell that Wario run the, won the race, Marco won the race, and <laughs> yeah. Um, and Noah was going to be pissy because the guy that he's in cahoots with won the race. And so really the, like the fighting was between him and Marco, but now L had to be like the whipping boy almost. And she had to like, and I just think like, why would we put that message out? Like her and him should never have, well, they didn't technically end up together. There was just like the promise of, possibility that they would end up together but that should have been like the next time they saw each other she should have been in a relationship with another guy also at the end of the movie i wish she would have said like in the six years later thing i wish she'd have been like yeah i went to usc and i met a few guys and i had some really great relationships you know but instead it was just like she's just like single the whole time which seems like she's been pining after noah the whole yeah time like she like... can't date anybody else and and i think that that i think that seems unrealistic or it is unrealistic but also the fact that they would maybe almost probably end up together after all that seems even more unrealistic because case in point 
I mean, I know it's only six years, but you said recently on this episode earlier today that you're not the same person you were when you were like 19 years old. And I'm even at the like the same person I was six years ago. Yeah. Like, you know, she's, like, you know, like sh- they're not the same person they were. So I'm not saying that people can't come back together. That obviously happens. But in their case, for the movie's sake, like this is all scripted, just make them live separate lives and find other people because their relationship was very unhealthy. And I don't know, like, I don't I know. Mean, if even Harry and Sally dated other people while they were friends. Well, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and they ended up, you know, but like, I mean, I, you know, but you get what I mean. Like I, so I actually have, I have some things to say about um, a couple things you said. First of all, Marco punching Noah, I felt like it was really out of character. And I felt like the only reason that they did that was because they were like, Noah doesn't hit people anymore. But now Marco's the bad guy. And I was like, Marco seems like he's a pretty chill dude. Like he doesn't seem like he would use violence as like an answer to things. But Noah definitely is that type of person. And so I thought that that was a really stupid way of like, adjusting Noah's behavior like changing him him as a person I was like first of all no that's just dumb like and secondly like usually people have to go through some sort of significant emotional like trauma in order to be like oh my gosh I cannot use violence anymore as an answer you know like that isn't you know but instead he like what like he like like they decided that they were going to sell the beach house and that's what made him not a violent person anymore because that's the only thing I could think of like it's just and also like one other thing Mike Mike, I just want to interrupt Mike also said that that was very uncharacteristic of Marco to punch him so yeah anyway weird and one other thing I want to say before I forget is that I did not like that Lee Lee and Rachel ended up together I thought that that was stupid I thought it was stupid too they were like (laughs) and they're getting married and I was like course they are I was like like stay in Rhode Island Rachel find someone better for you find someone who's gonna actually spend time with you and not their best friend and like she's like this cute adorable little angel I love Rachel okay obviously I'm a little bit in love with Rachel okay my apologies (laughs) Mike said Rachel's ill and I I think I agree she's she has problems she has has problems she has problems yeah and and it's just like but also it's like so you're telling me that not much has changed in these six years and that you're going to end up with the same guy that you were in, in high school who, I mean, Lee's not a bad guy, but he did mistreat her. He, he was not as a good of good as a boyfriend as he could have been. Yeah, you know? no, I totally agree. Um, I think in a stronger movie, you can make a case for, oh, these people dated and now they're dating again, you know, but right. a movie like this, no, just have them move forward. Like, I think it's, I think it's more rare for high school sweethearts to end up together than not. And it's okay. I mean, yeah, it's maybe not the love story that everybody wants. Like everybody wants them to end up together, but well, maybe not everybody, but as a general term, like in a, in a romantic movie where we're watching a trilogy and we've invested in these characters Sure, maybe somebody out there wants them to end up together, but the relationships are so dysfunctional in these movies. It's angering that they end up together because it's unrealistic because there's no reason why him and Rachel would end up together except for the fact that she's just card she's a cardboard person, you know. And yeah. Yeah. 
and no one else shouldn't end up together because he's a terrible person and yeah no i the, the thing is that in order to have a strength in a relationship is you have to have emotional intimate moments with each other that's how you build trust you know and if you don't have that or again you know your boyfriend keeps ditching you for his best friend then it's hard to like to me i'm like wh rachel why would you want to continue this why would you know and then like and especially at the end when they realize that the kissing booth is still going on which i was like please please god in heaven do not show a bunch of people making out with each other i could barely hint it the first two times it was so <laughs> disgusting like and they didn't i mean it was kind of one little bit but it wasn't like bad yeah like, um like like lee and, and uh and elsie um you know, they see the kissing booth and Al like tucks her head under Lee's like chin. Like it was such an intimate hug that I was like, why isn't Rachel hugging Lee that way? Because that's how Rachel and Lee, their relationship started at the kissing booth, right? Because she like yeah. kissed him when nobody else would or something. Yeah, they all thought because that he was like, like a hideous monster, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> because they all thought it was going to be Noah and it turned out to be lee and everyone's like oh ew it's not noah but yeah i want that third nipple please um <laughs> like does and, noah have a third nipple did i forget something no he remember he has like a you don't really see it in this in the third one you see it for like a split second but remember in the first one he like takes off his shirt and he's like a giant mole that looks like a nipple like on oh. his like, stomach okay no but i you believe you i mentioned I it in the first one because i was like i was like oh my god that mole is so huge it looks like a nipple and i was like so focused on it i was like hyper focused on his third nipple um he had three nipples three yeah. three, three <laughs> nipples <laughs> lena <laughs> how many episodes do we quote elizabeth down how many episodes do we quote that scene specifically <laughs> So yeah, I yeah, I don't remember that, but I believe you. So yeah. Yeah. So like I thought that that was weird that they didn't even show Rachel's reaction to seeing the kissing booth. They only showed Ellen and Lee's and her head was like tucked under his chin. It was very intimate. And I was just like, why are they doing this? Like Rachel and Lee are engaged. But for some reason, Ella's like, I'm just going to snuggle up here because I think it's really cut feeling him. Because um, we thought of something that's been done to... the world over, like a kissing booth. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I was going to say, I'm just going to cuddle up right in here and uh, um, tell you that um, we've been trying to get a hold of you regarding <laughs> your vehicle's extended warranty. <laughs> <sighs> I, I used to really like those TikTok videos when like people would chase their pets around and be like, excuse me, excuse me. And the pet would like run away from them. He'd be like, I've been trying to get a hold of you about your vehicle's extended warranty. <laughs> I should do that with Bear. So like if I'm, when I'm trying to like hold him and he's like, no, he's like, I don't want to be held right now. And I'll like run from place to place. And I'm like, come back. I love you. I just want to love you. Let me hold you. Yeah, I also didn't like the awkward, like long distance uh 
eye contact that Noah and Elle made at the end. Like, he walked up this huge flight of stairs way far away from her, and he was somehow able to see, like, very nuanced facial expressions on her. And I'm yeah. like, like, my eyes aren't that great, and I feel like I'd be like, is he smiling? I think he's smiling. Dude. <laughs> I'll just smile in the direction he is. <laughs> Dude, I... <laughs> If I don't wear my glasses, I straight up can't tell who you are. <laughs> so, like, I'd be like, I know I just watched him walk up the stairs. I'm pretty sure that's still him, but I'm not totally sure. So, I get it. Like, I, you know, because I wear glasses for distance. And I'll be like, like, I'll literally be, like, walking down, like, something. And I'm like, I think I know that person. Like, at work, when we were working at work, I'd be like, is that, is that, okay, yeah, that is. <laughs> it's like. Not until I was like up close somewhere. I'm like, hey, how's it going? No, I knew it was you the whole time. I just <laughs> can't see. <laughs> no. Did you ever see the movie Adventures in Babysitting? Yes, I love that movie. I love that movie too. But there's the scene where um, the best friend is at the subway station or the train station in Chicago and a homeless person steals her glasses. Oh, yeah. So she's like yeah. stumbling through the station and, and there's some workers who are like, trying to get a little like some sort of animal cornered and they're like trying to capture it and she's like why would you treat a kitten like that and they're like it's a it's a giant sewer rat and she's starts screaming but anyway <laughs> yeah. that was a funny that was a, that was i a love that movie, movie. yeah it's a, it's a, it's a very movie. cute movie it's very like i that was one of those movies i had to like coax someone to watch it i was like you're gonna like this movie trust me you're gonna like it. and then they watched and they were like okay it's pretty awesome and yeah, i was like it's pretty I awesome told you. like i know what i'm talking about you're gonna like this movie um and then you showed them jupiter ascending and they were like mm, <laughs> do you know what you're talking about i'm just kidding <laughs> the lizzie mcguire uh, movie what do we call <laughs> <laughs> the chubby one yes huge ass legs like tree trunks or whatever she does. <laughs> oh, uh, it's again. okay anyway anyway yeah um there was something else i wanted to say really quick like something weird about the movie this movie in general but all of the movies is that um l was just like she wasn't rich but she just got to do like rich people adjacent things so it never right. really affected her that like she was like her dad wasn't as rich as the Flynn's necessarily and then she gifted the mom like that stupid photo of the three of them yeah and the mom decided not to sell the beach house and I thought that that was too convenient like too convenient that her dad was like yeah just go do whatever you want with them you don't have to be home at all like yeah well and he, he did they did kind of have this whole like thing where she's like i'll come back and i'll babysit the little brother or whatever his name was brad or whatever um and um but yeah i i don't know i i got kind of irritated at that whole thing because i felt like i was like she wants to just spend time with her friends and like you I don't know like you can hire a babysitter you know what I mean I mean I guess I get where the dad's coming from but to me I was just like she's gonna go back and forth you know between these places she's working she wants to spend time with her I don't know it it, it irritated me and maybe well, my irritation kind of, is unjustified but well that yeah. kind of I don't know 
if I totally agree, just because I'm like, what parent would let their kids go to like a party pad with their significant other when they were like 18, you know, but also like the geography, the geography of the whole thing was very confusing because she was able to like drive back and forth. Yeah, but then was, they made a case for staying at the beach house because they were like trying to alleviate the driving stress of the other parents. So I was thinking, where exactly is this? Because all of the high school friends were hanging out at the beach. So presumably yeah. they live in the same area that Al and the Flynn's live in, but it's too much of a drive for the parents that own the beach house to make, but not too much of a drive for all of the high school kids to make. Yeah, I like kind of assumed it was like an hour plus away, but then it seems like she's coming back and forth so easily that maybe it's like only 30 minutes. Yeah, I think I feel like it. I feel like the beach house was in the Flynn's like the backyard of their normal house. (laughs) Right. Yeah. The parents are like, no, honey, we just need to walk across (laughs) the thing. And we're there. And they're like, they're like, no, mom and dad, do you do you really want to walk across? (laughs) Yeah, we'll be here. We can take care of it. Like some sort of plebeian, like you're going to walk, you're going to walk across. No. Okay. You don't need to do that. Mother we will take care of this for you. Thank you very much. (laughs) And Um, just like the other movies, to your point about Marco, all of the characters change personalities when it's convenient. Like the OMGs were never like terrible bullies unless it mattered in the first they few weren't movies. even really ever the, never, yeah really never and then the other characters like the the character who ended up being gay was never gay until the sun it mattered and like marco didn't punch anybody until all of a sudden he needed to punch people so it's just everything about the character traits was like super arbitrary yeah and like loyalties changed really fast in an unrealistic way and it's just a mess a whole mess a mess of a trilogy it's it's a it's a big mess it's you know i mean it's just like there's so many issues with these films and it's not even that it's like i mean the the third one wasn't nearly as sexist as the other ones but it was still like it's just it's just bad it's lazy it's bad it's not it's it's like okay if you, you have to it's like what I've talked about a million times before. If you're going to establish a lore and that's like it basically equating to someone's personality, you can't suddenly change that. Like unless they, again, they have gone through a big, something that has changed them as a person, you know, like some event, then sure. But, it, it, you know, it, it's like, I, I don't know. I'm thinking of like American History X for some reason how um did you ever see that movie i haven't i was gonna watch it it was on mike watched it he recommended it to me and i think they took it off netflix before i watched it so i i did not watch it it's good it's very intense but um edward norton's character is like a neo-nazi and he ends up going to prison because he kills a guy and um in like a really disturbing way and uh he ends up having you know like a like he ends up getting like sexually assaulted like raped in prison and like all this other stuff and he but he 
meets these people who like really essentially change his mind and he he goes he leaves prison and he's like i don't want to have this life anymore this isn't who i am anymore and it's like okay but that makes sense because it was a huge emotional (laughs) event that happened that made him decide you know i don't want to like i'm not into hatred anymore i want to like live my life as like just a regular non-hating person instead of a neo-nazi and um and that's just I don't know it's just it, like it are just, you suggesting that the kissing booth is not as deep or as well thought out as american history X? <laughs> i would say that it's like pretty close like i would say they're ba- definitely both like oscar contenders at the very least but you know sure sure i mean i think that kissing you know i, I think that kissing booth is going to be nominated but i just can't see it winning honestly. yeah like, of course yeah <laughs> but um no it's yeah so again it's like unless noah becomes like goes through some big emotional change or has some event happen to him that changes his mind he's not just going to become a different person it just it's like it doesn't work that way you know like it's if someone lives in the same small town doing the same damn you know small town thing every single day of their life they're just going to be the same person because nothing is changing and Mm -hmm. then not saying they're like just like john mellencamp says (laughs) yeah um no i know what you mean like like there is inherent gradual like maturing and changing that happens but that doesn't change like like his his tendencies towards his manipulation and emotional abuse that he exudes aren't just gonna go away like they could just manifest themselves slightly differently as he matures unless he has some sort of like what do they call it like a come to jesus moment or whatever you call it you know where you like oh i've been going down a path that isn't conducive to good relationships so i need to like adapt or change or whatever i get yeah you're totally right i get what you're saying yeah and yeah so it's i mean these are not well-written movies and that's basically what it is is that they're not well written and whoever wrote them has probably never been in the presence of a, a human woman um you know that's <laughs> it's like the second jack reacher we were like i don't think the person that wrote this has ever met a person like a real human in their life you know? yeah well i think i said in the first kiss in the first episode that the kissing booth felt like it was written by aliens who were trying to assimilate to like what uh, teenage life is so yeah they got yeah. only 90s movies to base it off of instead of like <laughs> yeah yeah so sam would you recommend this movie i would not um i know okay. that we talk very passionately about how much we hate it and that might encourage people to watch them so it's it's a very strange line that i'm walking i think they're horrible abominations and they should never have been made and it's not as i said like a snakes on the plane snakes on a plane thing where i'm like i know this movie's gonna be ridiculous and i'm gonna watch it like these movies i watch out of sick curiosity because they're so terrible and so terribly made i would not technically recommend them but i think you probably should just watch them out of like weird curiosity but not out of any like you're not gonna I it's it's a, it's such a weird gray area. I can't quite explain it. I don't I wouldn't recommend them, but I do not blame somebody for like hearing us talk and being curious. Like yeah, watch them with a cautious eye. Don't become enthralled by the 
poisonous apples that they are trying to feed you. Um, they're terrible. I would tech no, I guess I'd say no, I don't recommend them, but I think if you want to like question why and how did these movies ever become a thing and how did there be happen to be three of them, maybe check them out in that like with that mindset. But like I said, yeah. it's very hard to quantify what I'm saying. But how well, about I you? Wonder, I wonder if the books are any better because there's they're based after books. So I mean I would, yeah, I would, I would be pressed to say probably not, but you know, who knows? Yeah. Um, would I recommend this? No, I don't, I don't think it's good. I think that you're going to waste your time if you watch them, but I also kind of agree with what you said, where it's like, there is this kind of like sick curiosity where you're like, okay, is it really that bad? And then you watch it and you're like, okay, so yeah, it is actually really that bad. Um, I mean, sick curiosity led me to watch the Ballad of Jack and Rose, and it was sick, and I liked it. So, you know, I mean, who knows? <laughs> like, it's. I think the Ballad of Jack and Rose, though it put me in a funk after I saw it, and I will never watch it again, was more worthwhile than the Kissing Booth movies because oh, yeah. it had a very clear point of view, despite being very disturbing and awkward and uncomfortable and like very just like making you feel icky afterwards uh well, but it yeah was, it was much better written too and it made a lot more yeah sense. yeah the characters never, made yeah. more sense and they were true to themselves and yeah but this i mean this isn't that obviously so no i'd say you know if if you are so intensely curious sure but you know they're nothing special they're no in fact upsetting. these these episodes are a public service, so now you don't have to watch them. Exactly. Like, you know, we talk about every aspect of these films. So, you know, it's, it's, the thing is that I was really looking forward to watching it because I knew it'd be so much fun to tear it apart, you know? And that's, and that's exactly it, is that it's like, I think if you're like us and you like talking about movies and discussing them and tearing them apart, then you might really like the kissing booth as long as you have someone to discuss it with. <laughs> but if you don't, it kind of sucks. So yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I guess that you can follow us wherever there are podcasts available pretty much. And uh, we have a website that's watchersandmovies.weebly.com and we also have an Instagram that's Watchers and Movies and Facebook that's Watchers and Movies and we also have another Instagram that's called the Watchers Who Find Things and I do post on there just I also kind of don't post that often so you know if you want to follow us you can or whatever but um, I also have a TikTok if you want to watch my uh, what a man what a man what a mighty good man uh, video of uh, young Kevin Costner you can check me out at Save the Phantom and yes it is from the 2004 movie <laughs> Phantom of the Opera I'm not changing it I've had it since then and it's just going to be the way it is anyway uh, and thank you so much to Mike for our theme music Yes, thank you, Mike. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show Forty Two. His name is Mike Myers. He's giving thank a you, up. Mike. He's <laughs> giving a thumbs up. <laughs> and I think that's it, right? Where I believe you? that's it. Yeah. Oh, oh. And if you, if you like oh, yeah. us, and if you want us to review a movie, and you want to put that movie to the top, you go to iTunes and you give us five stars and you write the name of the movie that you want 
or just write us a nice review in the movie the name that you want you know like whatever and we will put it to the top of our list and we'll review it so you know itunes gets us out there you're helping us we're helping you it's kind of like a symbiotic nice little relationship there that's super fun so thank you very much goodbye bye